0: Peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56 and the 2022 Winter Olympics. Peacock original Bel Air, from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock, Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am, mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a solo edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am here on my own and I'm here on my own because I am maintaining a regular podcast. I went down for the international break but ultimately... Who really cares about what goes on? I can't bother to get involved in all of that nonsense. So I'm here to talk about the last two games. Um, Aston Villa, which uh, was uh, good, bad, ugly, amazing. I'm not really sure where we landed on that one. Um, And then I'm here to talk about the performance of the season, which was uh, like a, a revisit of pure 2008 League Cup Arsenal Um, The kids put on a show, Unai Emery finally had everything go for him and we destroyed Nottingham Forest 5-0. And to be honest, I understand that they're not elite opposition. Sixth in the championship isn't great, but ultimately that's exactly the sort of game that we would have clunked to a 1-0 win uh, three or four years ago. So I am absolutely over the moon about that. Um, today we're going to talk about um, Granite Jacker. We're going to talk about um, the kids. We're going to talk about the players on the periphery, and maybe just talk a little bit about the absolute joy that I'm having supporting Arsenal at the moment. Um, so all of that and more in part two. All of these new fancy products in the market, um, like I'm a, I'm a big. I'm a big oat milk fan these days. Uh, it, it lasts three months. It sits in your fridge. It's bearable in tea, great in coffee. Um, but I've tried something new recently, which um, which, which I don't know um, how much you guys know about it in the UK. But hard seltzer. It's seltzer water with alcohol in it, and it only has hundred calories. Uh, I don't know whether it's going to take off in the UK or if it already has, but it's taken America by storm. So I'm bringing you a new trend uh, and uh, probably worth getting into as, as we head up to Christmas and you start stuffing yourself with food. Um, talking about, um, I, I, have, I don't even have a segue in. Um, let's just talk about Aston Villa. Uh, we won 3-2 at the weekend. The Ultimately, the headline is Arsenal um, come back from... Uh, A goal down twice to turn over Aston Villa after taking a very embarrassing red card. Um, Ainsley, Maitland, Niles, uh, making a a real twat of himself, uh, taking a a red for a second bookable offence. I know there are a lot of Arsenal fans that disagree with me there, but for me, the complaint in the week about playing right back and he's a midfielder, I mean, it just didn't look like he was mentally in the right space. And then he goes out and he gets himself sent off before half time. If ever there was an example in football of doing the dishes badly, um, that was it. And I I do wonder how that's going to affect Emery's um, perception of the player. Um, I, I find it quite staggering that he's complaining about getting any sort of pitch time. It's not like when he plays in the middle, he's peak uh Pete kante or if he plays out on the right he's giving us anything uh, electric so you know I, I worry for him but the the routine of of the game followed um followed every game that we've watched this season so far we are not good under pressure uh, i think everybody i wrote for a, an aston villa blog just before the game and it was so predictable aston villa were going to come they were going to pressure obvious tactics that are seen as weakness um, when it comes to Arsenal that uh, that short goal kick hasn't got any better uh, we knew that John McGinn was going to crank up the pressure the guy has a uh, has a incredible engine and he's a super exciting player. I think I read somewhere that he's had like the most shots on target this season. He is an absolute menace of a player and he's going to go on to bigger and better things. If he can sustain this sort of level for the entire season, but he opened up the scoring, uh, you know, a, a, a diagonal ball across the box, evades everybody, John McGinn in at the back post. Really, really poor to go down to Villa, but ultimately did it surprise anybody? Um, it certainly didn't surprise me. Uh, then we eventually come back into the game in, in the second half, uh, despite being down to 10 men. Nicolas Pepe scores his first penalty, Uh, absolute jokes that anybody in the world can critique Obama Yang for not taking that penalty if there's a uh, there's not a more ruthless striker in the Premier League but it just goes to show you you don't have to be um, an awful person uh, just because you're a striker not everybody is Harry Kane uh, in this world but Nicolas Pepe gets his first goal after uh, Gwendoza like takes the game by the scruff of his neck and uh, and drives into the box and gets fouled Uh, and then a minute later um, Arsenal make a horrendous fuck up. Um, I think Callum Chambers, um, poor control, and then just Arsenal folding and watching Wesley score. Um, not good, but we did come back. Um, Callum Chambers made amends with a quite excellent finish uh, with the outside of his boot, and then up stepped Obama Yang uh, late on to save the day. As per usual, so things that you can't critique: team spirit, guts, fight. Um, things that you can critique, like how are we going? Uh, a, a goal down against Aston Villa twice. How are we conceding uh, so many shots to um, a newly promoted team? And um, why does it? Why does it take? Sorry, not why does it take. Why doesn't Unai Emery see that Granite Jacker is such an incredible problem? I feel like, um, I feel like it, if there's anything, if there's any player that you're going to um, hang your hat on, it can't be Granite Jacker. Like, even the most ardent Unai Emery fans are out here saying, I cannot accept Granite Jacker as a captain. The guy is an abomination. Um, he's one of the the most disappointing players to ever pull on an Arsenal shirt. Yet he's out there wearing the captain's armband, consistently stinking out the Emirates or wherever he goes. The guy has no pace. He has no discipline. His positional awareness is absolutely shocking. Um, and. He doesn't ever play well. I mean, he's like an orchid in the wild. He needs the exact perfect humidity. Uh, he needs the right amount of water. And if things aren't quite perfect, it all goes to shit. And everybody in the Premier League knows if you pressure Jacker, it's over. And then we take him off at halftime. Uh, we bring on uh, Torreira. Uh, we bring on Willock. We add some athleticism. We add some power. We add some pace. We add some fucking hunger. Because like, don't don't tell me that Granite Jacker goes home and sleeps badly. I feel like he's you know he doesn't think any of this is his fault he doesn't take the blame he's not accountable um, he's certainly not captain material but for me uh, in the the first half looked like the team had down tools on Unai Emery that they'd given up the second half you put some people in that are looking to prove themselves you have someone like Matteo Guendozi in the middle and they just drove that game through and as long as you've got Obama Yang on the side, you've got to get out of jail free card because that guy is an unbelievable finisher. He's absolutely world-class. The biggest disappointment about Obama Yang is that Arsene Wenger kind of lost his way because Arsene Wenger, in 1999, if Obama Yang was playing for Saint-Étienne, he would have been an Arsenal player before he'd gone uh, like anywhere else. So uh, I'm glad to have him in the team. The guy looks like unbelievably fit. Everybody loves playing with him. He's got energy. He's got charisma. He's got a real X factor on the pitch. And I just hope that Emery can get his shit together this season because we have an unbelievable squad, in my opinion. Like, is it Man City levels? No. Is it Liverpool's levels? No. But it's better than Spurs. I think it's better than Chelsea. And I think, I think we have better players than Manchester United. So this season can't be about the ghost of Arsene Benga. This is Unai Emery, all the way. These are mostly all his players now. And if you've had a year with players and you can't improve them, there's a real fucking issue. Uh, so Aston Villa, um, like disappointing that all of the the common issues are still there. Like we're not very good under pressure. Um, Unai Emery seems to be very stuck in his ways with regards to his passing out the back. The players don't like it. Other teams see it as an opportunity. He doesn't change his ways. Maybe we're going to see an improvement in that moving forward. Emery normally gives up on his great ideas after a while. Um, but like the, the the big point of this game for me, um, the big takeaway is I just, I love the squad. I love them all. Um, right. So we're going to come back in part three and we're going to talk about Nottingham Forest. Part two and we are in. So Arsenal played Nottingham Forest in the League Cup last night, and they absolutely destroyed them. So uh, a very exciting game. So many good things happened. I mean, you you kind of felt like after the start of the season where everything seems to have gone wrong for Unai Emery, um, it was pleasing to see that he went with a bold, youthful lineup, um, and he absolutely blitzed Nottingham Forest. It might have taken until late in the game uh, to to really get the... uh, get the cogs in motion but uh ultimately 5-0 is uh, is fantastic the home fans loved every single minute and i think what una emery did last night is he really did bring back that um early career project the youth vibe back to the back to the tournament we haven't really seen that in a while like arson wenger in his latter years when he started adding complete dross to his squad you'd, you'd you'd end up with a a second stringer squad, and it'd be like a an El type midfield, or uh, it, it it would be like a Skilacci uh, centre back, and giving game time to people that you just didn't really care for. Uh, I think the like back in the day, Fran Marida, Mark Randall, Carlos Vela, Nicholas Bednar. I mean. Denilson no one wanted to really see him play but Gavin Hoyt Justin Hoyt all of those young players that you went for you'd like you knew you knew how it would end uh, but you you still wanted to watch it it was exciting and last night's Carling Cup side for me not Carling Cup whatever it is now that was the most exciting Carling Cup game I've seen in a while um I thought I thought there were some really really impressive performances. And actually you know when you when you break it down there were there there were a few layers um that were interesting. The the first layer were the exciting young players um that we hadn't really seen much of um like um Gabriel Martinelli. Like what what an exciting player that guy is. Like he's a his technique is all over the place uh, but he's just like raw power, pace, arrogance. Um, and he, you know, he just looks like the the Brazilian of the Brazilian kid of your dreams. Um, I thought the first goal, like a header where he pushed through a crowd of players, was was fantastic. Um, like you know, none of that South American weakness that you generally associate with like new players coming over here. Um, like he put his head right into the mixer. Pete Kevin Davies there, and then the second goal. Um, like really late on last goal of the game where he curled it into the top corner with a, with a little bit of fizz behind it and what an exciting goal that is what an exciting player um like he 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 really is the most exciting striker that Arsenal have signed as a young player um, arguably since i don't know like it, it, Nicholas Anoka i mean is that is that fair to say should i be whispering that um Nicholas Anoka felt maybe a little bit more sophisticated on the ball but Um, Like same sort of pace, same sort of skill uh, and same sort of uh, like knowing that they belong uh, at this level. So I'm excited to see where that goes later on in the season. I think a lot of Arsenal fans were really worried that we'd let um, Eddie Nketiah go to Leeds United. I'm not too concerned about that. I think everybody forgets that he'd had a lot of difficult games. Um, he makes a lot of bad decisions, and towards the the back end of his games, where he was playing the last ten minutes, he kind of looked a little bit beaten down, a little bit like Reese Nelson has over the last few weeks. I think going to Leeds, playing under Bielsa, scoring twenty goals this season—that's what Enketia needs, and I think uh, a, a solid replacement for him is 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 Gabriel. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where he goes. Like, he looks like he wants to belong at Arsenal. He's kind of got a little bit of that Sabio's vibe, like really wants to prove himself out. He wants to win. Um, so, you know, we'll see where that goes uh, this season. But hopefully we don't get three games or four games down and, you know, the confidence sinks and then he has to go out on loan uh, second half of the season. But encouraging start. Like, he looked like... Uh, you look like he's going to cause some problems late in games this year. So hopefully, Emery's as excited by him as we are. Um, other players that we haven't really seen much of, but we've seen enough of to to be thrilled about. I, I love Saka. Um, I've, I've really been enjoying his performances um, ever since I saw him uh, play in the in in the younger ranks of, of Arsenal in the under 23s Um he he's another one. He looks like he belongs. Read or watched on Arsenal fan TV. He's a straight A student behind the scenes, so he's very intelligent. Uh, doesn't make much difference to me as long as he can score goals um, and deliver joy to me on the pitch. But uh, another solid performance from him. Like he's direct. He creates space. He can cut inside. He can go wide. Uh, I think he's he's a future, 15 goals a season, 15 assists for sure. Um, I just love his confidence. He's completely and utterly fearless. That's a, that's, that's that's all you want from young players. Sure, he's going to go through some bad form. He's going to have some rough times. But if Freddie Lundberg can keep him grounded, uh, can keep training him and keep him excited and motivated, like who knows where that player goes. But he looks like a, a future young player of the year. And I know that the, I always over-exaggerate the talents of youth players. I remember genuinely believing that Nicholas Bednar was going to be the next big thing. And I was completely and utterly wrong. Um, I also had high hopes for Fran Merida becoming the next Cesc Fabregas. Um, I thought um, Ch- Pom was going to be uh, some sort of striking superstar uh, I even thought, is it Graham Stacks was the goalkeeper? Um, oh, no, Anthony Stokes. I remember watching him as a kid and thinking, oh, wow, like, this is an exciting player. And then two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I read that he was being charged in Scotland for stalking his girlfriend. What a disgrace to the Arsenal jersey, even though I think he actually ended up playing for Celtic. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm very excited about Saka. Um, so, I, I mean, another strong performance by Joe Willock. He almost feels like a veteran by now. But um, Joe Willock, like, again, he's, he's, he's athletic. He's powerful. He has those sort of late runs into the box that Freddie Lundberg had. And he's taking his chances in front of goal. And um, so those are the young, exciting players that I was excited about. Um, Reese Nelson has got a bit of a weird haircut, but I cannot say I have not had a similar haircut in the past. It um, looks like someone's put a bowl in his head. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to critique another man uh, for rocking an interesting style. Um, I think what I was more concerned about is how is he going to feel that Saka has jumped him in the pecking order? Is he going to melt or is he going to show up? And I think he showed up against Nottingham Forest. He scored a, a bit of a clunky goal um, towards the end. But, you know, he had a free kick that went close. Um, I felt that he played with confidence. I don't know; it's Nottingham Forest, but look—you know—you can only play what's in front of you. And we've seen plenty of dire performances from our second stringers over the year, if whether it's in the Europa League or um, in the League Cup. So, I was impressed with his performance, and I genuinely think Reese Nelson can add value this season. I just don't see. I don't see how he's going to be a better player than Saka, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, Then there were some good performances from players that should be in or around the first team. Fantastic to see Kieran Tierney start. He's going to be a fan favourite. He's going to be a legend. We're going to love him. He's aggressive. He's mean. uh, And he's got great delivery. He's got electric pace. Uh, it's brilliant to have somebody replacing Nacho Monreal that's going to add true value to the team. A um, bit of a rusty performance yesterday, but like, oh, who cares? Who cares? Like, I just hope that Unai Emery resists the urge to put him straight into the first team because we saw what happened when he played um, Rob Holding in two or three games um, on the trot um, in December and he... Blew blew out his ACL or his knee or whatever it was. Um, I hope that Emery uh, takes it slowly with these players returning from injury. Another player returning from injury that we were very excited about Hector Bellerin. Brilliant to see him back in the team. Obviously, he's rocking black boots, he's going against the grain. Um, but like I, I love Hector. If anybody should be captain at Arsenal, it's maybe him. Like he embodies woke culture, so he can speak to the kids. Um, he always, um, always stands up for what's right in culture, in society, and at Arsenal. He puts his all in, which appeals to the older generations. Like I feel like he's uh, an honorary Londoner. And um I like I, I just genuinely adore him. Anybody that can wear um a pair of curtain looking trousers that his mum created and talk about it on Arsenal dot com is alright by me. Um trying to think through some other um exciting performances that we had in that game. Oh um Callum Chambers, come on. You know, I, I know that he made a mistake at right back. I don't think he was overly um, polished against Frankfurt on Thursday in Europa, but that volleyed cross was out of this world. My God, what a, what a great cross! Um, and uh, I think he also got a second assist as well. So you know, uh, a very productive couple of games uh, for for Callum. I mean, we'd all love to see him do well, but my my greater concern with Callum, as it always has been, is. He's, he's not a right back. I don't think that he's particularly mobile. I don't think he's very fast. He's very, um, cultured on the ball, but ultimately I, I don't really see where the long-term home is for him, but I would prefer to see him at center back than Mustafi most of the time. And, you know, you don't always have to be electric, um, at center back, but the, the combination of Luis and, uh, and, and Chambers th- doesn't fill me full of hope, but, uh, you what does fill me full of hope? Rob Holding being back. And another one, he scored a goal. Um, I'm very excited to have him back. Sometimes we eulogize players that are out injured for a long time. Yeah, Remember Abu Diaby? He had one good game against Liverpool, and then he'd go out injured for 18 months. And we were like, the thing that we've missed this season is Abu Diaby's presence in midfield. And it was like, yeah, well, if you actually look at majority of the games that he played, he was very on and off. Um, I sat next to him at Arsenal once. Very drunk, challenging him about where his favourite position is. And he always told me that he liked to play as a number 10. So when he played for Arsenal and he was either box to box or sitting in that deeper role, it never quite suited him. Um, Rob Holding we know that he's a centre-back we know that he's a leader Uh, Per Mertesaka mentioned in an interview recently that Rob Holding was the bad guy in the FA Cup final winding up um, Diego Costa I love that, I love having a player from Bolton means he's got a little bit of edge about him so it'd be really interesting to see whether he develops as the season goes on I think we eulogise a little bit about Rob Holding, Arsenal were always on for conceding a goal a game um, before he got injured um, last season in Emery's amazing 22-game unbeaten run. Um, but, like, honestly, somebody needs to put Socrates on the bench or just put Socrates next to a different partner because I don't really feel like he's vibing with David Luiz. And then, you know, I think one of the things that I've been running through my head is when we have holding back to full fitness, we know that Emery... Likes to pick a defensive midfielder that has height. I kind of feel like that's why he's playing Granite Jacker in that position. Uh, but will David Luiz move into the midfield where he can be less of a danger? He can do all the things that Jacker can do, but he's uh, a tougher prospect. I think that that's something to watch out for because as much as I think center midfield of Gwendozi. Um, Willock and Torreira is the right midfield I don't know whether it has the experience or guile at this level but at the same time like who knows what um, who knows what David Luiz can bring to the midfield these days he is what 32 years old uh, which is younger than me but I am at my peak in the world of advertising whereas he is on the way out Um, I'm probably actually not at the peak of advertising. I'm probably about to get fired uh, in the next few weeks because I'm about 10 years older than all of these little runts that have these multifaceted talents. Uh, But we won't get into that today. We won't get into that. Anyway, let's just say that Nottingham Forest feels like the start of something better. I I hope, I hope. And as much as I'm down on Emery... Uh, as as correct as my calls have been on the manager, there are some unavoidable truths when you think about what's going to happen over the next few months. Number one, the squad is going to get more settled. Number two, good players are going to come back into contention. Uh, number three, we have an incredible run of games coming up. I mean. You can call Man United next Monday a tough game, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is in a world of shit. Those players do not look like they're interested in playing Ole Bull. Phil Jones sitting in the stand, whispering in the ear of the CEO. He's getting sacked in the morning. One of the best pieces of internet content I've seen this year, Um, but it tells you a lot. Like If you're willing to disrespect your manager to that sort of level in front of the world's media, Firstly, you're a fucking idiot, but who didn't know Paul Jones wasn't that? But secondly, it says what the players are thinking behind the scenes. So next Monday is an opportunity for Emery to get all of his uh, Emerista back on side, for everybody to say, maybe we got Emery wrong. Maybe we didn't, and that's the reality. And I, 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 you know, I started my sort of um, Emery isn't quite right campaign early on last year. And I went through the 22 games and of course you're going to have joy if Arsenal are winning 22 games on the bounce or not losing 22 games for 22 games. Um, but ultimately he's he's not good enough. Anybody that makes Granite Jacker at their captain is not good enough. And, you know, w- this year we've got a better squad and I think we'll get by. We should really finish top four, but I think it's going to be a struggle. But what I will say, and the reason that Arsenal won't fire Emery before Christmas is because it's going to be very, very difficult for us not to be sniffing around the top four um, by the time we have a really tough game, which I think is Manchester City around... I'd know, the 12th to the 15th of December. And then we go through a bit of a run where we'll play Chelsea. And I think Chelsea will probably come good. I mean, they were were half decent against Liverpool in the week. I think they've had a lot of bad luck this season. But, uh, you know, Frank Lampard is doing a pretty good job there. I don't think Tottenham are going to be bad all season. I think Pochettino is a... Is a very solid manager, and I think they will get better by the time we play them the next time. And Manchester United, if there's any team that's going to shed a coach, it's probably Manchester United. I really hope that they don't, because I think uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is great for our top four credentials. But if they bring in uh, a good caretaker, they have good players there. They really do. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that by the time we get to Christmas, if we really do... Don't take advantage of, um, of our good run of games. Um, the back half of the season is going to be very tough. We've got some big away games. We'll probably still be in the Europa League. We know that Emery is very bad at managing the fitness of players. Like we saw, we've already seen like first away game against Frankfurt and he takes his only fit striker, Aubameyang. So I've got deep concerns about how that's going to work later on in the year. So, um, yeah, I think the... Overall, this week has ended positively. We've clawed our way back for, with 10 men against Aston Villa. Make of that what you will. Maybe we shouldn't have gone down to 10 men, but the reality is it shows that there is team spirit there, it shows that we've got good players. Um, I think the, there are some absolute gems coming through the youth ranks. I think Matteo Guendozi is stepping up um, to the next level, and I think he's going to be uh, like a, an absolute beast towards the end of the season. Um, and I think the, like we're starting to see what power, pace, uh, and athleticism is added to so the front line. I think that the next question is when does the manager just take it like you know take it like a man and um, realize granite jacker is not your captain he is not even he shouldn't even be on your bench and one word before um i, I leave this solo podcast this solo ramble um let's let's give up the the Urzel bullshit i mean. I'm as tempted by you when it comes to Meza Erzl. He is a sublime talent. He opens up space. He's a quick thinker. His off the ball movement is absolutely spectacular. But ultimately, he can't do what Emery wants. Secondly, he's disrespected the manager. And thirdly, he's completely inconsistent. So all the bleating about. Meza Ozil having a half-decent game against Nottingham Forest of all clubs, it's just fucking embarrassing. And it's very agenderized, and it doesn't help. Meza Erzl is not the future of Arsenal. Let's try and get Ceballos um playing to a higher standard let's not pine after a player who's earning three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week who doesn't care about the club and whose only strategy for getting game time is hoping that una emery gets fired uh, in december i think I, I i think he's a disgrace of a player um he's a great talent he's wasting away he's more interested in his fortnight profile than he is uh, than he is clawing his way back into the first team. And even if you get two good, good games out of him, can he go away from home? Will he get sick? Um, will he trap off to his agent? Like, what's he doing behind the scenes? I think he's a toxic player in the dressing room. I think he's probably the worst decision that Ivan Gazidis, um has made in the last 10 years. And he's made some shocking decisions. Uh, and I think that we've just got to hope that Washington can do a deal with him Uh, in January so fingers crossed on that Um, don't pine after him Um, and let's uh, let's hope the the Man United game on Monday uh, sees us victorious so on that note on the 31 minute note I'm going to say goodbye thank you for listening Uh, give me a five star rating because I did it on my own and I'll be back with guests next week have a good one ciao for now Say goodbye to Rideshare Horror Stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.